0: all right all right all right welcome 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 everyone it is friday it's about to be sabbath i think the sun is setting uh we are so glad to be here and we're so glad to have you come in to the room right now we are on youtube we're on facebook we're everywhere that you put us so make sure that you go ahead and share this but i want to just start off by saying good night to southeastern conference and everybody that might be watching we have an amazing event and topic to talk about it's something that um, many have asked us to talk about and if you don't know about it yet we're going to tell you uh, a little bit about it in just a few moments but before we begin we want just to start off by going ahead and sharing this this is a topic where you don't want anybody to miss a minute not even a second of this so if you are watching by yourself go ahead and share with some friends some family they are going to make they're going to really want to be blessed um by the content that we talk about and we're going to try to be open and just have a real conversation we're a community that's trying uh our best to be in a place where we can just be our the best versions of ourselves so Um, don't be selfish with that. Go ahead and share this with your family and friends. So as many of you know, we are talking about the topic of sexuality today, and we're going to go into two different parts today, um, and I believe that you will be blessed by it. So before we go any further, I want to bring on um, someone that many of you know. He is our youth leader for the Southeastern Conference. His name is Pastor Shay. So we're gonna bring him on right now so he can introduce himself and, and tell us a little bit more that you all need to know about.
1: Good evening, everybody. Um, now let's give it up for our MC Strong, Youth Federation President, Shane. Again, you're doing an amazing job and you've been president through some challenging years. I mean, when you first came into leadership, who would have thought we would, you would have ministered through a pandemic, right? Um, right turn, completely turn things um, upside down from what we and how we used to do things. Um, I just wanna greet everybody. I want you all to know that MC Strong Youth Federation has a long history of providing innovative ministry opportunity for its youth and young adults. Um, And today is just another opportunity for us to do that. I want you all to know that this ministry falls underneath the leadership of myself as the youth director, Pastor Crockett, and also uh, Pastor Sai, who is the young adult leader. She's currently doing another ministry initiative, so she's unable to be with us on tonight and we take full responsibility for tonight's uh, conversation. I want you all to know that a lot of thought, a lot of prayer went into tonight, a lot of work went into tonight. Um, And post COVID, one of the things we've really tried our hardest to do is to not do things exactly how they were before. Um, We gotta be innovative and we have to be willing to have Difficult and challenging conversations um, so that our youth and young adults can have a safe place. So, tonight is our attempt at creating a safe place for our youth, um, age appropriate youth, and our young adults. Because the truth of the matter is, this conversation is taking place in other places. And so, we wanted to create a safe place. Um, where Seventh-day Adventist Christians can discuss God and sexuality. Um, And so these are topics that are very sensitive in nature. And so we're asking, as we've already prayed, we're asking, um, in a moment I'm going to pray, and that each person will pray that tonight is an opportunity for us to discuss the things that are already being discussed. We're just creating a safe place to have this discussion led um, with Christians, Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Um, and so at this point, I want us to, to pray. We wanna pray over tonight, um, over the conversation, and also um, our next follow-up episode, which will be a week from tonight. Let's pray. God in heaven, we're just so grateful for opportunity, opportunity to be vessels, an opportunity to create a space where conversations can take place. You've called us, you've equipped us to lead in this day, in this time. And oftentimes, it causes us to be willing to have the conversations that some may view as challenging or awkward. Um, but we ask that your spirit tabernacle with us, it will lead, it will guide and direct us. We thank you and we praise you in advance for what will take place on tonight. In Christ's sake we pray, amen and amen. Again, we're going to get this thing rolling. And as, as we put things together, I just want you to know each person on this panel is an individual and individuals have their own opinions. We've, we've seen the warning and things of that, the statement that's come up um, previously, um, but these statements don't necessarily reflect the views of our governing body the southeastern conference right but they are individual um statements and thoughts with that being said i'm gonna turn things back over to our mc strong mc strong youth federation president president shane i
0: appreciate it that sounds so official you did not want to try to be all that <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we but, have you official for a little bit a little <laughs> official let, me, I I can let my hair down in the future <laughs>
0: well we are back i we already i i already see that the devil's trying to do some stuff um but we are back um trying to to get this thing flowing so again thank you pastor shay i want to give some shout outs so um first thing is um the idea for this event came from twofold. So one, we did a survey with our youth and young adults. And again, they told us this is something that they want us to talk about in church that wasn't talked about enough. And it's better to have a place where this is supposed to be a foundational place where you learn a lot of things about life. You learn it from your family, but then you go to church inspecting to be, you know, kind of poured into and, and really learn how to live your best life. But Oftentimes, this is a topic that isn't talked about in church. So who ends up teaching us and our young people, the youth about it is often it could be TV, it could be music, more so those avenues and not so much the church. So that's something we're trying to do a little bit better with. Pastor Richard McNeil had a program where he talked about sexuality and he was the brainchild behind this and he did it as a virtual event for three Fridays and I viewed it and it was amazing platform to be able to connect so many different people on this topic and we brought it to Southeastern Conference as well. So we want to give a shout out to him, but also there's some other people. So the walk live. SEC Youth and Young Adults, South Florida Federation, AYP, I know is having a watch party right now. So, Adventist Young Professionals. So, we want to give a shout out to y'all. We appreciate you. The Sweet Somethings Podcast, um, and so much more. So, we just want to thank all of y'all for believing in this vision and for being with us tonight. All right. So, again, make sure you share this, and we are about to go into this. So, today, our featured Panelist uh and presenter and discussion uh host is going to be none other than chaplain and dr jason o'rourke so i want to bring him on at this time i want to thank you so much for being on and agreeing to join us to this important topic
2: it's a pleasure to be with you um i haven't seen you gentlemen in a while so it's always good to see you I still don't know why Shane is in the greenhouse, but you know.
0: <laughs> Look, we're on the the set of a walk. This is the Florida green, the, you know. Okay. This what we do out here, I know uh, in Denver, I mean, it's a little bit different, though. In Colorado, it's a little. <laughs> <different>.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of mountains. It's 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 been pretty dry out here for a few years now, so it ain't that green. Wow! 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 wow. Well, come back to over to Florida anytime. We're walking
0: back with open arms.
2: <laughs> and the heat over there with the humidity is a no.
0: Uh, well, yeah we, yeah, we would gladly give this up. Um, but thank you so much again for, for joining us today. Um, we're going to talk about two topics. And I don't want to waste any time because I want to make sure we have enough time for both. And so the first topic we're going to talk about is pornography. And then the second to- topic we're going to talk about is premarital sex. Um, so these are two areas that this week we want to touch on. But the first one is going to be um, pornography. And I want to just start off by um, putting some information out there. So the first thing is this. Sexuality, as defined, is the capacity for sexual feelings. And so that seems like just a general statement. It's just the capacity of uh, for sexual feelings. So sexuality, is a god created and crafted thing. Um the awkwardness that can kind of come from it especially in Christian communities can often come from a space and a place of just not talking about it. Um and so what we want to do in this time frame in 2023 on this date in August August 18th is kind of break that up a little bit and begin to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, and I wanted to start off by stating a couple of facts from surveys when it comes to uh, pornography. And it says 12% of the websites on the internet are pornographic. So that's when you think about all the websites that are out there, 12% of those are that. So the likelihood of even running into it on even accident is possible because 12 one in ten, a little bit more than one in ten, is pornographic. Every second, it says three thousand seventy five dollars is being spent on pornography, and 28,258 internet users are viewing porn every second. 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites, one in three viewers are women. So this is actually something for the longest where it was viewed as this is something that guys do and not so much women. But it's showing that there are uh, an increasing amount of women that also view it as well. Um, It says 70 percent of men aged. 18 to 24 visit porn sites in a typical month. And the stacks go on and on and on about this topic. And so that's why it is increasingly important to talk about this topic. So Pastor uh, and Dr. Jason, I wanna leave this, read this statement and kind of give you this as like a springboard for this topic. And it says, pornography creates shame, shame fuels porn usage shame is the feeling that we are flawed and unworthy of love using porn creates shame which isolates us and we return to porn to cope we call this the shame cycle so with that like what is the general thoughts when you hear a statement like this is this factual um true story for people what's your thoughts
2: well it is very factual um i'm in i'm in a couple groups online just just to be a part of that conversation and what the groups actually tell 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 the teams is not even to go to shame like don't the moment you feel shame reject it because it's unhelpful right so there are people in the world right now there's a gentleman that i know right now to be directly coached by him for a porn addiction it costs 20 grand And his entire presentation is about behavior modification, thought modification and positive habit stacking.
1: Hmm.
2: That's it. The the, everybody else is approaching this thing from this is a behavior that is problematic and is messing up the way you live. So let's help you change your behavior and other things will follow. So if I can, can I'm not lagging no. No. So this goes to something that me and you, Shane, talked about the other day. We love to have these conversations um, around the idea of sin and the idea of sin as it relates to your, uh, you know, what what's wrong with you or what did you do? Then there's the thing in the middle that says, what happened to you? And that is the thing that deals with enculturation, you know, if you're Jason, you get molested when you're younger, you know, you're a young lady or a young man and you've got raped or or your environment is such that it encourages these types of behaviors. And so what other people are doing is they're not even going to the first question, what's wrong with you? They're saying, let's change some behaviors. Let's change some environment and this type of this type and we can we they actually saying we can rewire neurologically your thinking Hmm. by positive habit stacking by positive messaging by meditation by exercise they regulate your diet they regulate your sleep patterns everything they take it all into account and they address it they leave shame off the table because they're like, this is not helpful.
0: Hmm. And I guess it's one of those things where shame initially kind of gets you, but it it doesn't ultimately have long-term
2: effect. Well, it does have a long-term effect and the long-term effect is negative. Right. Okay. The long-term effect says I am in, there is something existentially that is permanently problematic with me and it allows me the 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 it's an identity it's an identity the shame is an identity guilt is based on my behavior shame Mm -hmm. is based on my identity so if i'm walking around with shame i'm literally i'm saying i have a worthless identity
1: yeah And, and and if if i could add to that you know shame it leads us away from our savior like when you feel shameful, like you gonna hide. Um, when you feel dirty, you do dirty things. You know, if you if you were to be in my closet right now, you can look to my right or left, you see all of my sneakers, right? And in there are sneakers that I I, I really like. And there's some sneakers that are old and I really don't care much about. Uh, when it's raining, I, I wear those that are particularly old because I view them as dirty. So I do dirty things in those shoes. If you need me to go mow your grass, I'm gonna go put on the dirty shoes, right? But when I have clean shoes and something drops on them, I instantly clean them, like because I view them as clean. Um, And I think once we view ourselves as guilty or as the shamed, we continue to spiral down that shameful um, habit or that darkness. So we gotta we gotta really stray away from the shame because that's not of God. That feeling is not of God. It actually leads us away from him, further away from him.
0: And that's a very good point. So, like uh, and that goes back to the beginning of time, really, even with the Garden of Eden, right? So <laughs> right back there. I was go, going,
2: back, that's where I was going, right? With, with, when they sinned, they were immediately ashamed. And they covered themselves self Mm -hmm. which means sexually they became inhibited from each other right that's the very first thing we see them do as they cover themselves from each other and then they hide in the trees from God it's the very first thing and so from a pornography standpoint from a pornography standpoint so let's let back that up. Because I, I, we tend to have these conversations around negativity. Right. And and the evil and the problems and there are issues. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, here are some of the issues that go with porn. You will rewire your brain um, in such a way that you develop a dopamine addiction. OK, you'll develop a dopamine addiction. What else will happen is that you will cease to be able to be pleased by your partner because with porn comes masturbation. You will not be able to be pleased visually, emotionally or sexually by your partner because nobody can do you like you right for the gentleman. This is what will happen. There is a sphincter that allows you to um, to hold it gives you it helps you with your stamina. Okay, so that you don't ejaculate too soon. Right? That thing will become loose. And you'll be firing shots off too quick, and then your spouse will not be pleased. For the gentleman, the tip of your penis will become too sensitive. Because the entire point of masturbation with pornography is self pleasure, not the pleasure of somebody else. Next. Your partner, whoever that is, or other people become things, objects of your pleasure, not people for you to give pleasure to. Right. Finally, and I'll end with this because of what dopamine is, it's addictive. It's an it's addictive. So I was designed by God to have an addictive cling intimately. If you will, to my wife, I was not designed by God to have an addictive cling to multiple peoples. Right? What happens is that you become addicted, not to the person
1: Mm.
2: you become addicted to the activity. So it doesn't really matter who or what you're intimate with. By the time it's over, you just need to get yours. That's where this takes you. And that's why things get so sorted when you start looking at the world of pornography and people's sexual pra- practices, okay? So from, from a, from a, from a um, apophatic way of things, from, and the idea there is um, doing right by the negation of all that is bad, those are some of the things that are problematic about porn and its sister masturbation, right? If we were to have a conversation about sexuality from an affirming standpoint right from positivity right what are some of the things that we can say about sexuality from positivity because we you're going to talk about premarital sex that's where you're going to talk about next okay well if i'm talking about it positively right what does sexuality allow me to express it allows me to express a level of trust in my wife, a level of vulnerability that I don't express with you two. Right? A level of authenticity. Right? I'm 49. I don't have to stand before my wife and look like I'm 25. I got two kids. <laughs> right? I can be truly vulnerable with her. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yep. I move, I go, on, let, me, let me go on again in this way. Um, so you all, you know, in, in the Constitution. Um, now, I'm saying this in relationship to my own gender, but it applies to both. Okay. But Constitution says all men are created equal. Well, biologically, that's not true. Right. So I Thanks. set myself up now. I set myself up now, right? Because if I'm, if I'm into the promiscuity, I know that there's a variety out there than just the one I'm married to. And then if I get into masturbation, right? Let's say I'm a woman and I have toys now. Well, the toy might be doing something different than my spouse. I run into a problem. I'm supposed to experience that level of intimacy, that level of vulnerability, that level of of oneness with my significant other. It is supposed to birth a level of trust that no other relationship is supposed to be able to do. That's why there's an entire book of the Bible dedicated to human sexuality. Mm. It's told in the form of poetry. It's Song of Solomon. Right? It's Song of Solomon. There are only three things that come out of Eden. Work, rest, and sex, marital relationships. Them three. We have a whole book of the Bible dedicated to that stuff. We don't read it. We don't read it oral sex is in song of solomon i'm sorry it is you don't like it that's your business it's there right intimacy and commitment in the song of solomon to the ladies that are watching in the song of solomon god likens the jealousy of the woman to his own wrath so my wife tells the daughters of Jerusalem at the, end of the, at the end of the book, stay away from my man. And God chimes in and says, for her wrath, I'm paraphrasing, is as the flame of Yah. God speaks twice in the book. And, and he speaks in confirmation of the woman's perspective that Solomon is writing from. Hmm. So God has a very high view of our sexual activities and then the question you would want to ask is why that would be the question. why is god interested in that hmm. right i'm not going to get too into it but the fundamental reality is that god made us in his image in god's image let me take the gender out of that for a moment god made us in god's image am i saying that god is a sexual being no but humanity's entire existence was designed to be an object lesson not a function lesson an object lesson of whatever is going on in god of however god is that is what we were supposed to be so when you read average home page 91 paragraph three it talks about how the angels of god guard the bedchamber and upward to God will the thoughts be directed. Mm. Now you mm. don't get that type of holy experience and orientation from porn, and we're not talking about it. So our people are being informed by the movies. My God, mm. you understand? Uh, I, so, so that that's a little theological, right? You know, relational background. I, I that was tangential. Sorry.
1: It was good. It was good.
0: Good. And I think it's very important to kind of have a framework of that. And so, you know, going from the shame portion and then going, connecting that to the garden and everything. We can see from the very beginning how shame and, you know, even shortcuts, you know, taking shortcuts to things that have a holy use and then how it can be corrupted. So it takes away what should be used as getting you closer to God. It cuts that out but then just focuses on you know the the things that are just going to please self which again even in that standpoint is against god and so that's where um pornography definitely can fit the the frame of that and i know especially in the new testament there's a lot of verses that talk about um you know sexuality and how the this topic will be a downfall for quite a number of people um, that are not able to manage it. So kind of what I want to talk about next is um, why people choose to do porn. One of the reasons are the idea of you're not hurting anybody else. This is kind of like, you know, it's not. Um, you you know, sleeping around with multiple people or anything. This is something that you do by yourself. Um, Some would argue, you know, whether it truly is good or bad. You've kind of already given us uh, an idea of even from a scientific standpoint of how it's affecting um, the body and everything like that. But when it comes to this and it being a private activity, you're not really hurting anyone unlike potentially cheating on someone if you're with someone or um, having premarital sex. So what do we say to that from maybe like an emotional and mental uh, point of view?
2: OK, so first of all, um, and the, the literature is out there, people can go research it, um, the vast majority. OK, let me not I don't want to sound like I'm using hyperbole, so I'll just say majority there that vast sounds a little cosmic, the majority, particularly of women who engage in porn are not the superstars. Whatever you think the superstars are. They're not the majority. The majority of the industry has particularly women has been molested and or raped and or has daddy issues. They get into this and then they get strung out on um, drugs and alcohol. Right. And they'll, they if you read the literature, they'll tell you some of these women. So partic- I'm speaking particularly of the women now, they won't engage in intimacy outside of work because it has been tarred, tarnished for them. Okay. But additionally, on top of that, um, the literature again reveals that there are so many scenes that deal with women in abusive, um, in the, 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 the scenes are abusive to women. They are demeaning of women, right? So you have an entire generation of people, one third of women, and I don't know how many of men that view sexuality through this demeaning of women perspective this demeaning of women perspective right I, I so in full disclosure I used to watch porn I did I did you know so um and this was a while back but I did and I've been very open about it there's there are there's one thing that I remember I remember one thing that I saw it was an article that, that somebody wrote on it and and one of the stars she she said this changing the culture of America one scene at a time That's what she said okay i'm not making it up we're going to change how america how 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 america views this thing one scene at a time so to say that that i'm not hurting anybody that's not entirely true because your numbers on the site your money for the book your money to the prostitute or to you know whatever other place you go to your funds support an industry that presents sexuality in a demeaning and non-uplifting way to women mm. it's that's just that's just that's just that's just what the literature is saying right so i am hurting somebody should i watch it because i don't know what the context is for this person but my numbers support that industry and when my numbers support that industry it supports all the sordid underbelly of that industry that is not glamorized by the website perfect illustration you have a pornified we have a there's a book out there that talks about a pornified america you have a pornified culture and in the pornified culture one of the things that it that it revealed is that you have a lot of people um watching porn that have these challenging tastes right and I forget what year it was. Um, it was within. The, I, I I don't remember. But there was a documentary that was done on Southeast Asia. And the percentage and the amount of white men that were going over to Southeast Asia to have sex with kids, hmm. businessmen, churchmen, pastors, big names, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, flying overseas because they can't do it in Europe and they can't do it in, in America. Openly, but over there, we can do it. Hmm. Right when that, when that, when that, when that tsunami hit Southeast Asia, y'all remember that big tsunami hit Southeast Asia. There was a whole bunch of, 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 of orphans and, and, and Westerners descended, (laughs) descended on the area to, to save the orphans. You understand? So to say Epstein and Weinstein are perfect illustrations that there is nothing in that world that does not affect another thing. Hmm. So to say I'm not hurting anybody is to look at things in the immediate context. It's not to look at things in the larger scale. And it's, and it's, it's honestly uh, 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 dishonest. It's dishonest, um, but it's a good way to lie to myself. It's a good way for me to lie. I'm not hurting anyone. There's no one here with me. It's just me. No. But the problem is and and the numbers show this as well that people who do porn and therefore masturbation struggle with significant insecurities. Significant insecurities and they and, and they tend to be a little bit more isolated than other people.
0: Now, let me ask you this question when it comes to insecurities and, and Pastor Shay, I don't know if you, you had something to say as well.
1: I was going to comment real quick. <clears throat> when I when my wife and I were going through pre-marriage counseling, uh, the, the pastor at the time uh, was giving us some counseling and he gave us strong counsel for both of us is just to stay away from pornography because I won't be able to do what... The male porn stars are doing, and my wife won't be able to do what, what they're doing. And when you begin to um, in, allow your senses to 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 see these things and respond to these things, it really impacts what the intimacy and the relationship that you're in, the marriage that you're in. It completely mutates it. I mean that was strong counsel that we received from the from the very go.
2: Mm. Additionally, it mutates your tastes pre marriage. So, like, I tell people because I've done I've done I do weddings and things. And I tell people, just like you need to have a finance conversation, you need to have a real sex conversation. All right, how experienced are you? I'm not shaming you. What is it that you expect? Mm-hmm. What have you done? What is our consensus? Right? Because there are some things that you want that I may not do. So how do we meet in the middle? But well, people need to have a real honest conversation on their relational sexual engagements. Because the one of the greatest disappointments in any relationship is a sexual expectation that is not met. It's one of the big mm. things that causes divorce, money, kids, sex. Huh. And by kids, I mean, parenting. Those are, those are, those are, those are three of the big ones. And so if you have, if you, I have seen and done all of this. Okay. So what do you want me to do? Cause if I'm, if I speak from i'm not going to speak from a woman's perspective i am not a woman so ladies you take the analogy from the male's perspective and apply it to women okay all women are not created equal so if i had a girlfriend who who is tall and dutch and then i turn around and have a girlfriend who is shapely like a And then i turn around and i have you know an asian and the and her you know stereotypical thin build right and if i keep going around the variety of the tree whether it's actual engagements or pornography i am creating on the tapestry of my mind a composite person that does not exist Hmm. i married a black woman She has a specific body type she's not a tall blonde norwegian she's not a hispanic she's a black woman right but on the canvas of my mind i have this amalgamation of an individual that does not exist
0: and so i guess with that
2: let me me just go ahead go ahead
0: so with that i would almost even summarize that to say that with not taking control of this now and let's say you get into a relationship with someone or you are in a relationship with someone you're increasing your likelihood for an unsuccessful marriage because those things cannot it's not even might not it's basically cannot be met so whatever you've trained yourself to to enjoy and to like you know whatever it is Now that you get into a relationship with a real person, you really can't find anyone that's actually going to match, you know, the being able to cut, pause, you know, all that type of stuff, Um, being able to go from person to person, you know, virtually and everything like that. So even from the forefront, you're setting yourself up for failure before you possibly even meet someone. Or if you're in the relationship, you're in the midst and you could be on a trajectory to have an
2: unsuccessful relationship. And the truth is, the truth is, here's the truth. Sexuality is not bad. It's Mm. actually good. It was designed to be good. Mm. It's supposed to feel good. It's supposed to be fun. Right? So there's... no reason to 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 approach conversation from the negative i'm pretty sure there was a freeze you're good you're good yeah we got you we got all right we got you okay if if we would just talk to people about the beauty and the function of sexual intimacy. What the body does, what the mind does, how it confirms or affirms a healthy relationship, the benefit, um, the benefits of of vulnerability, not just physical vulnerability, but, but emotional vulnerability, the benefits. of If we would just talk about those things, we talk if we imagine a whole presentation about the benefits and the positivities of sexual experience, done God's way. A whole presentation. Hmm. That's a probably needed. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. because out here they may they have sex as a sport. It's mm. a sport. Like if you if you really stop to think about it, it's a sport. How many have you gone through? How long can you go? If you're mm. a guy, how how big how big are you? if you're a lady, what is it that how far are you willing to go? What are you willing to do? Right? It's a sport. Mm -hmm. Nobody is valued in the sport. If if you look at the sports, you're only as good as your last shot. (laughs) Which means you're only as good if, 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 if sexuality is a sport, you're only as good as your last performance. That's not fun. Yeah. Every day you're on the line to be judged for your performance, men and women. That's not the way. That's not that's not that's not what God wants for you. He's like you can have all of that within this relationship that is safe. It's safe. You don't have to be a gymnast. You don't have to go past your boundaries. You don't have to, and I'm not trying to be crass. I'm not trying to be crass. Gentlemen, you don't have to be hung like a horse. I I give you your one. And you and she should satisfy each other. Hmm. That is the, that is the idea that safety. Yeah.
1: Now, I love that, especially the safety that we're talking about, because I mean, let's be real as human beings, you already have insecurities, right? Um, whether we want to admit them or not, and. By you trying to compare yourself with a professional um in a, in, a, in an arena that you're not even supposed to be practice he's a the, he or she is a professional because of the amount of times that they've done this and the amount of people that they've experienced it, right and you're you're we're comparing ourselves um with something that we have no business comparing ourselves with. so and and no matter how how strong-minded we think we are clearly we have insecurities because there is this desire to self-please right there's a desire to engage in in um pornography so when we begin to look at those things then you begin to compare and you just simply not going to be able to add up mm-hmm.
2: yep. and what now what you have isn't
1: enough What well, how yeah. god made you is isn't,
2: isn't enough Nah. And what they don't tell us is that a lot of those guys have either gotten, have gotten enhancements, right. And they're on horse steroids. Okay. That's one, two, the ladies are full of Silicon. Right. Full of Silicon. Everybody's high or drunk. You you understand? Mm-hmm. It's a different world, mm-hmm. and, and we're we're we we're imitating that. We are informed of our sexual practices. And sexual proclivities from that, mm-hmm.
0: and the crazy part I would say as part of that is that we're informed on it sometimes as early as ages of five and six. Agreed. Right? And it's, so it's not even it's not even you know adulthood. It's it's starting at a very you know young time. So um, I wanted to to do two things. So one. Uh, we know this topic is is a topic that um, you may not feel comfortable with putting into the YouTube chat your questions or your comments. So we have made sure that there is a QR code on the screen um, that you can scan or you can go to L.I.N.K.T.R.E.E. backslash M.C.S.Y.F.E.D. Uh, and that's where there's a link where you can submit any questions, any comments that you might have. Also, there's a a section for prayer requests as well. So if this is an area that you just wanna say, like pray for me, everything's anonymous. Uh, We don't get any information that you don't share with us. So um, if you just wanna say, you know, pray for me for this area, or if you have a question or a comment that you would wanna leave that you'd prefer not to do so in the YouTube chat, you can use that that link as well. But hopefully so far you're already gaining some some things to at least think about uh and that's what we do with these type of of shows and presentations it's it's to give you some things to think about some things to take back to the bible make sure you always fact check anything that you hear don't just take it as the gospel just listening to it but take it back to the word take it back to god and also see you know where he leads you um with these topics as well um I know we're going to transition shortly into the second portion, um, but I did want to kind of list uh, list a couple of things. So what are some truths about this activity that viewers may or may not realize um, and how it's affecting the viewers? So um, current state, what I've listed so far is wasted time. So for anybody that you can think about anything that you've wasted time with, right? But In the arena of viewership when it comes to pornography, if you can think about all the minutes, days, hours from the very first time to wherever you were or are, if you calculate that all together, how much time would that be? And what would you be able to do with that time had you not spent it that particular way? And so uh, a lot of times with, with some of these things, they're time suckers and so a lot of time well what sometimes i'm going to say anyway is that you can actually be doing something else productive whether it's even you know it could be simply spending time with god all the way to building a business being in school spending time with your family etc 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 but that time that you know a lot of people say they're busy they don't have time for a lot of things somehow Hmm. you might you, you might find time for that activity right so if you calculated all that time think about what it amounts to but then also for some people it's wasted money you know so we talked about the stats before about subscription services um, magazines you know in the past um but then also uh, we're in the generation where it's transitioned to a place where um everyday people can do it so you have only fans for example right wow. where you know any and everyone can basically make money you know from this so how much money again think about it is going to that um but also isolation so this is an activity that generally is by yourself so you know thinking about how are you isolating yourself from community, from people, again, things, places that you should be. So think about that. But then also um, there's been a connection between this and depression. Um, And so the odd thing about it is that even though the highs, and you were talking about dopamine earlier, are there, it's very much temporary. And for a lot of people, it ends up like, you either are upset with yourself after, depending <laughs> on where you are with it. Um, you know, some people may have gone past that phase and they're kind of okay with it. But again, this is not generally an, an activity that makes people happier afterwards in the sense of life. Yeah. Um, and so, those are a couple of those things. So, are there any other things that for people um, currently struggling with it? What are some things that a person might not realize um, that they should probably think about when it comes to this activity?
2: Um, So one of the things that I learned uh, many years ago um, as I was doing research and everything, the urge normally lasts about 30 minutes. So the sexual urge, whatever that is, the bell curve, whatever that is, is about a 30 minute. It's about a 30 minute window. Right. That's one. Um, it, it, it actually mirrors. It's, it's very similar to kind of the stress curve, the anger curve. They're all relatively similar. And it's about a 30 minute window, right? It's about a 30 minute window. So um, from, from. From 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 from, I guess, kind of an experiential standpoint, um, if this is if it's a struggle, you have 30 minutes. You have 30 minutes to make a decision. Now, neurologically, what you have to understand is that a decision consistently decided on over time creates a neurological pathway in your head that is like a ski luge, you know, the, 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 the ski jump from thought to action. So you have to be aware of your triggers and you have to be intentional about them. Okay, so um, so nowadays, for people nowadays, one of the triggers is probably um, it's probably just your phone or your tablet. So like for men, let's just, I'll just, I can only speak to men, but for anybody that watches porn in general, if you have a porn problem, right, you probably don't need to take your phone or your tablet to the bathroom. Right? You should probably set some rules for yourself. This will not go into the bathroom with me. When I'm in public, I will have my back to the audience so they can see what's going on on my phone. Right? This is my method of accountability. Right? Um, Additionally, another thing that people can do in any of these struggles, right, is, is when you're feeling the urge, what is it? Like, are you lonely? Are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you tired? Are you bored? You know what? What is it that you're trying to? Are you feeling frustrated at work? What is it that you need to use this activity for to medicate? that those are just some things, right? Um, I call it halt BS hungry, angry, lonely, tired, bored, or, or stressed. Those are just th- just th- just take a pause. What is What am I really feeling? Okay, I'm frustrated with work. Okay, so let's address that. Let's address the thing that's actually the stimulant. And let's not just distract ourselves, being aware of these kinds of things. Um, and having an actual plan of attack or, 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 or better yet, a plan of prevent, right? The best preparation against an enemy is knowing that it's coming. So you prepare. Prepare.
1: Okay. doc it, it in, a, in a previous conversation me and you had offline you we were talking man I don't know if you were going to go here um and if today's the the right day but we were talking about um how addictive pornography is and masturbation is and you were saying how faith alone is is, is not enough um you remember that but we need I I forget the verbiage that you use I don't know if you said a system or um yeah me i put you on the spot but when, we, when i was when we were getting caught up on what the show was going to look like you went on one of your your runs um and you were just saying how we have to put something in action like it's not enough just to pray it away got it right Um. And i wanted you to kind of expound yeah. I don't know if that if yeah. that okay
2: no it's fine it's fine it's fine so Uh, uh, friends, this is what, um, this is what he's talking about. I never knew until this year what faith was. I had no idea. Um, the church will quote you. Faith is the substance of things. They'll quote you the Bible verse. If you have faith of a mustard seed. So now faith is a seed. But they don't tell you what it is. So I had to pray about it and ask God what faith is. And so this is what faith is, as I understand it. And I think it's biblical. Faith starts with a fact. Starts with a fact. Okay? And I'm doing it this way because Shay said something about you just can't pray it away. And that's how we think faith is. Faith starts with a fact. The fact is a fact whether I believe it or not. Like gravity. If I throw a ball up in the air, it's going to come down. If I jump off a building, it's going to happen. Gravity exists whether I believe it or not. And gravity has integrity. Mm. Gravity is the same no matter where I go on planet Earth. It's the same. Right? So I have a fact that has integrity with its truthfulness. I am then invited to believe intellectually the fact I believe, you know, I've seen the proofs of of gravity. I believe that gravity is real, whatever that is, whatever your fact is. From there, I'm invited to engage and experience and experience in the experiment. Of the truthfulness of the fact that I believe in. And this develops trust the experiment to develop trust always happens in a safe, secure, resourced, stable environment. Always. Trust is always built in a safe, secure, stable, resourced environment. Okay, always. Now, an trust, I have engaged, I've engaged with the thing that I believe in. I physically materially engaged with it. Faith says, I am going to act. I'm going to Mm. engage in trust actions, even though my environment is less than safe, secure, resourced or stable. That is faith. When I when my when my trust in the fact That I believe in must be applied materially, physically, even though my environment is not perfect. Even though my resources are not optimal, even though the situation is not stable. And the problem that we have is that we have made people with these struggles think that faith is only prayer to God And that's it so they don't have a system they don't uh take account of their of their struggles and their triggers they don't consider what the family gene pool is and what i'm predisposed to they don't Mm -hmm. govern their environment they don't get a filter if they need one on their on their technology they don't have an accountability group They won't let anybody know what's going on. They can't say I'm struggling because all faith we have made it to be is simply prayer that God will do something for me without me doing a thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. What that is, is that is hope. Mm -hmm. Hope takes place when you You have no more resources and you have no more ability and your environment is beyond your capacity to control, manipulate or engage with. You still trust in the one that is your fact and you hope that he is still not out of a move. But Mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you all this again. Hope is only available when you have no more moves to make in faith. Hmm. if there is a trust move that can be made in a less than optimal environment god expects you to take that move Hmm. in faith that he will be with you he will not move it on your on his he won't do it until you have run and exhausted all your resources he will not take absolute control he will work with you this is why so many of us still struggle because we want god to take absolute control of us but god is trying to work alongside us Mm. i believe aunt ellen calls it co-creation we get to be co-creators with god by submitting to him and by taking actions in alignment with his directions, his values. We don't want that responsibility. We want God just to take it mystically away. And for many of us, that's not how it is. I'm gonna say it this way. I slept my way into this struggle. I'm gonna abstain my way out. That's good, that's good. I'm not trying to be, I'm not being harsh. I have a friend, I will not mention my friend's name, this friend, um, this associate, much respect to this individual, they said, they said publicly that before they got married, they had not been abstinent. But before they got married, they abstained for one year. That was their win. That was their faith step. And they married a lovely person and have great kids, but they took a faith step And faith was a trust action in a less than optimal environment. What was their less than optimal environment? Their body and their mind, their, their sexual taste buds, their eyes had been trained to look and engage with people in less than godly ways. And they decided to enact a system that would govern how they lived their life in this way for one entire year. And they got married
0: and that's actually uh, something i've seen on um a couple youtubers that are couples that have had different sexual experiences and everything um whenever they get to the place where they're like you know what we're gonna do something different i've read you know and and watched um interviews and videos of um them saying like you know what we didn't even kiss while dating because we know our past um and like there's mm. certain things that they put in place to make sure that whatever they held true for their values they were able to as much as possible um attain but we do have a a question um that i think we can try to combine i think i sent both of them to pastor shay so let's see if you can kind of yeah combine them
1: yeah sure um we received a couple questions um and the, the first one pretty much i don't want to to give all of the details as it was, you know this conversation is a little graphic at times but in essence sometimes you can go to a physician and your physician could point out some positive um what the what the physician believes and what potentially even some research may point to being positive attributes of masturbation or self-pleasure whether it's blood flow to certain areas or whatnot, what do you say to an individual who is getting that type of information from their physician? And one of the things I just wanna say about that is just, and, and even, and, and, and we saw the second question that came across the screen about couples who use um, sex to to boost or to enhance their sexual experience. Again, I don't know about you all, I need competent physicians, of course. They need to be able um, to prescribe and to do all of that. Even my dentist, you know, I need them to be competent. But I do research on who's going to be operating on me, giving me guidance, and those individuals don't have to be Seventh-day Adventist Christians, um, but their faith practice needs to align with what I believe um as they are prescribing, as they are giving me guidance um I we don't and I'm okay, I'm okay even if it's not a Christian if I'm just being honest with me um uh, with myself, one of my physicians is 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 Muslim, right but our diet is similar, you know there's there are certain lifestyle things that are similar we we align in some areas. so that's one of the things that I would like to to, to say to to that. As we're reading books, I tell people, you're reading a book, you're picking up a book, especially if it's a spiritual book or religious book, you need to Google who the author is, you know? What is their faith practice? And not that you can't read that book, but you have to at least understand where they are writing from. So we have to do our research uh, when it comes um, to that.
0: And I would even add to that, remember what uh, Dr. O'Rourke said at the beginning, uh, what this doesn't totally address is more so, I guess the long-term effects of this as well. So even though there, there might be certain things that are happening um, through the monitoring of the, the brain or the body you know, in current state, think about the tons of long-term research that shows the potential downfalls of that activity long-term, even from a physical standpoint, but then even going into future relationships. And like he said, um, three areas that people break up or divorce for is money, um, things relating to um, parenting and then also sex. And so this is one of those areas that does affect um, sex as well. So that's something I would also add to answer you know the the people that say that there are some benefits to it that yeah. make it a no-brainer
1: and can i be a little direct if your physician is is pointing you to self-pleasure and pornography it's time to get a new physician i mean especially when we look at what we know about the pornography industry now um when we look at the the information that um dr rogue shared with us um about um the, the, the overall abuse to women in in these scenes, and then also with the heightened awareness now of sex trafficking. Like if, if that's the direction that your physician is pointing you to, it's time for you to change physicians. If I can just speak directly to that.
0: I think you're, yeah, go ahead.
2: First of all, I just wanna shout out Shay's mic that has a touch light and activation, very nice. But (laughs) secondly, I think that we need to be very honest, okay? Um, There are people that experience uh, sexual frustration and that's a real thing. Um, Divorcees go through that. um, And part of it, this is what's happening, okay? Let's be honest about what's happening. Sexual activity, when you climax, Okay. Oxytocin, endorphins and dopamine are released. They increase pleasure, increase trusting and bonding and decrease pain. Okay? Your brain at the p- moment of of climax takes looks like 95% of of that of a heroin addict. Okay? It's the cleaving. That's the way your brain looks at moment of climax. Okay? It's the cleaving. So for divorcées and those that are widowed, right? Who have been experiencing sexual intimacy with their significant other, they are electrochemically wired, okay? for the rhythm of sexual intimacy. Okay? That's that's just that's just a fact. Right? For those of us that are sexually active on a consistent basis, we have now become physiologically, electroneurologically wired for that kind of release. Let's be very honest. Okay. So now this is what we talked about before, Shane, okay, on the phone. Um, when we talked about um the church at Corinth, okay. We have we have to acknowledge for the lived human experience because on the one hand sexual release or the lack thereof is not necessary for survival it's not it is not a biological need to live if a man never has sex he will simply have a nocturnal ejaculation and life will go on it's unnecessary but people have after their activities been wired for the activity and for the release, okay? So the truth is it's unnecessary for biological existence. And the reality is at an emotional physical level, my mind is totally awry now. I don't know how I'm gonna cope because I'm used to this thing happening on a consistent basis, okay? I'm used to the affection and the release and the time. I'm used to all that. I have a habit. I have a system in my life that is built around this behavior. I ain't mad at nobody, okay? But we have to be honest about people's lived experience, okay? About their lived experience and their struggle. Because now you're talking about a dopamine fix and dopamine is a drug. It's a drug, it's reality, okay? And it's addictive, right? Like you don't need, it's fascinating, all, all the drugs that are out there and all the alcohol, if you stop and observe them, many times they lead someone into sexual activity. Say it ain't so. Because that's the ultimate goal, right? So we don't want to, uh, I don't want to demean anybody's lived experience experience. I want to acknowledge that there are many of us that are, okay, we're wired, okay? With that being said, with that being said, there was a system and a habituated tendency that got me in this thing. I now must create a system and a new habituated tendency that's going to manage this thing, okay? Because there's nothing worse than being strung out. There is nothing worse than being strung out. You can't think until you do this thing. Your day is not there's nothing worse than that. That's a horrible existence. When you suddenly realize I am under the control of this thing. That's 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 not that's not that's not a healthy. That's not a healthy place to be. Right. So here's what I said about uh, Corinth for the ladies and gentlemen. The church at Corinth was probably the most sexualized a church in the new testament at the time of paul and before um that city during the time of strabo the historian had over 1000 male and female prostitutes it was a port city so all the sailors used to go there and fornicate with the priestesses and priests of aphrodite the goddess of love so that city had a culture of sexual frenzy it was normative for those people to sleep around in a variety of ways with a variety of people in a variety of spaces. Okay. And so when Paul writes to the Corinthians, you see he's very specific in chapter six, particularly about sexual activity. Okay. He's very specific. He tells everybody, he's like, look, you need to get married. Chapter seven. If this thing is that strong in you, then at least do it under the sanction of God. Now, I'm not telling people just to go out and marry any old person. I'm not advocating for that at all. But Paul seemed to. He seemed to, because he said his belief is it would be it's better to be married than to burn. Now, I'm not saying that's the case that we all need to go out and do that. What I am saying is, what I am saying is that we need to be honest about where and who we are as a person. We need to be honest and we need not think that ours is the only story in history with this struggle. There's a whole church in Corinth that's dealing with this. A whole church, and so Paul's encouragement to them was a thing. What are you going to do with the way that you are wired after certain actions of intimacy have has have taken place. How will you, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, manage yourself towards pleasing God? I'm not going to prescribe Paul's prescription, that's Paul's prescription to the Corinthians. If you find yourself feeling a little Corinthian, you might want to go read first Corinthians. But what I am saying is that there, there are solutions. Nope, that's not what I want to say. There is, there must be a systematic consistent and systemic approach to self-management to self-management so that i am not hijacked by these urges that i am used to that i am saying i want to bring now under the guidance and authority of jesus i must have a system on how I'm going to do that. And that is that system will be called living by faith. I am engaging in faith actions and my faith is in the fact of who Jesus is. That is my faith. And his and his acceptance of me before I even begin to manage. That's my fact. I, I want to believe you're going to help me out. Here's some steps I'm going to, to take and I'm going to be accountable to Shay and Shane and George is in the back and I'm going to do. These are the actions I'm going to take in faith, right? This is this is how this works in a non demonizing way. I must say this again, beloved, in a non demonizing way, because you get you get we, we all get hot. I'm not going to demonize anybody in here. We all get, we all, we're all adults. We all, we all have wants and desires. Let me be very clear. Desire is not the problem. God created desire. The desire is not the problem. It is who I desire. And when I desire that becomes the problem. It's not the fact that I have desire. Oh, I'm fine to have desire. Have all desire you want. God made desire, but who I desire And when I desire that becomes the problem. And life has taken us on a journey on a Corinthian journey. That says it does not matter who you desire or when in your life. You desire them. It doesn't matter. Hmm. It doesn't matter. And God says, no, let's put a pause on that. Pause that. Turn your desires to me and let me handle that. Please walk away. I love you. Disappear. Disappear excuse me
0: <laughs> and uh, pastor say you're going to Yeah go
1: say- I think this is a good point for us to uh to segue um I'm looking at the hour but this is such a relevant topic and for for anybody who is watching who's thinking um that it's not I can tell you as the youth director that pornography is something that is uh an issue for all ages. The, if if you have a device, it's an issue. If you are of age to have a mobile device, it is an issue, it is a challenge. And I know because I've had to confiscate phones and contact parents because of things that children have had. So we're not just dealing with um, young adults, but this, this is something that... Um, If you have a child who has a device and can spell right if they can search if they can youtube it starts off with youtube and what they put in their search menu right when was the last time you just went and did a a history of the things that they've searched on youtube right and google right if if we are just giving our our kids these tablets and these devices and we're not following up we're not checking them we're putting them in great harm because the enemy desperately wants to expose them, right? To to this stuff. So this is very relevant. I'm looking at the hour, I I know it's getting late, but we do have another topic. Um, And so Shane, I kind of wanted you to kind of set that up for us. All
0: right, so we're gonna set it up. um, And and this was actually a really good transition point. So I wanna give you guys a couple of reminders. So again, the QR code is on the screen, your questions your comments and also your prayer requests regarding this topic so if you scan that you're going to see the link tree um and you can put that there so even if we don't get to everything remember we have another show next friday and so we'll kind of pick up from there as well um with some of that that stuff as well but what i do want to start off with um And actually, before I do that, one of the questions came in and I put it on our social media on Instagram um, at MCSYFED. Again, you can scan the QR code and go to our Instagram. And someone asked the question, when it comes to finding the one, what is my role in that? What do I do? Wait or do I go and find someone? What does God do in all of this? So to make it a little bit interesting, I would love y'all's feedback on Instagram. So I posted that on Instagram. If you head to our Instagram page, give us some insight into what you think, and we can probably pick up this question uh, in our next show, but I wanna see what you as an audience think on Instagram. So go ahead and hit us up there. But we wanted to talk a little bit about premarital sex. So not everyone's in into pornography. Um, there's a lot of relationships that are, are happening that are having premarital sex. And so um, in different surveys of people, Um, I would say, in general, Christians used to say that even if they engage in premarital sex, that, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be. However, surveys have shown that there's been a little bit of a shift of, you know, well, at least if I'm committing to this person, like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to marry them or we're engaged or, you know, all this. Um, There's a little bit of flexibility um, with that. So... I kind of wanted to ask, um maybe start off with a question: Why should a person consider keeping sex for marriage?
2: <laughs> I, I, I'll jump. I'll I'll jump
1: in. Uh, I mean, for this, for similar reasons that we talked about with pornography, like, and I think. One of the challenges we have is when, and I talked about this in a recent sermon that I preach, when we are commanded to do something and told not to do something, we are instantly turned off by it. um, And in actuality, God tells us or commands us to do things to save us. So it's like, yeah, you experienced um, sex outside of marriage, premarital sex, You ask for forgiveness. Yeah, the blood of Jesus Christ is available to us, but guess what? You now know what it feels like to have sex outside of of marriage. You know what it feels like to have sex. And now every day of of your life, you will know what that feels like. And now that's another thing you have to battle um, throughout the course of a given day. Um, And so I think when we begin to engage in the sex outside of marriage, again we are exposing our senses to things that down the road our spouse might not be able to duplicate and now you're having you you're you're unsatisfied in your marriage physically based upon your previous sexual experiences and and now you're wanting to hold your spouse to a level of accountability that she's unable to do you know, your first partner um was was open to try almost everything. And 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 the woman that you married or the man that you married is a little more conservative in the bedroom. And now you're not you're not pleased. So what, what do you do? Now that opens up the 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 temptation to self-pleas to self-please. Now it opens up the, the temptation to to wonder, wonder back to what you've experienced, you know. So there is a lot of things that you kind of set yourself up for, for uh, for for having a more challenging marriage and a challenging life. Yeah, when we make that decision to have sex outside of marriage and we repent, we are forgiven. But the consequences of the action is now we have another battle that we have to fight.
2: So yes. I think you muted
0: shane oh i'm sorry i wasn't just saying that as if marriage wasn't hard enough in and of itself
2: yeah yeah so i want to say yes to what he said am i muted no you're good you good? okay so yes and um so what i so for me context is everything and i and i admit ladies and gentlemen that i come i'm coming from a uh i'm coming from a, a, a as biblical a perspective as i can um one of the things that we don't understand is that when god gave the instructions to the hebrew people coming out of egypt it was understood by the people what it was he was speaking against okay so oh perfect illustration right I believe that I believe the word is called. I think I think the worm is trichinosis. I think it's the trichinosis worm. And so, if you eat pork, you get trichinosis. So God said, "Don't eat pork." Now, all the ancient people back in the day ate pork, except the Hebrews. Guess what? The Hebrews didn't have trichinosis. Mm -hmm. They didn't have trichinosis worm because they didn't eat the, the nasty food, right? But it's not explained in the text. Okay, what they don't tell us is that in um, in Egypt, they were a little bit more sexually uh, flexible than, say, the Hebrew people. The entire Middle East was, in fact, in fact, all of the deities of the Middle Eastern people at that time, the ancient deities, I don't care if you're talking Hittite, I don't care if you're talking Greco, Greece, Egypt, Babylon. It does not matter. They were all they were all all the deities were sexually active and sexually flexible, if not fluid all of the deities. Okay. Across the spectrum, especially the Canaanites. Okay. But let's talk about the Egyptians. So, so, um, a good illustration of this would be that in Egypt, um, the women had a lot more, you know, liberality to, to, uh, be sexually promiscuous than maybe in some other cultures. And so what happens is that, um, it would be nothing for a woman to sleep. Joseph is a perfect illustration. Jo- the story of Joseph is a perfect illustration. It was expected that the mistress would sleep with the slaves because Potiphar was a eunuch. It was expected, that's the context. It was expected that he would ha- that she would have that privilege because her husband was a powerful man, but he was a eunuch, okay? So Joseph was expected to please his mistress sexually. That was, that that was part of the cultural except expectation. So when he makes his statement, you have, she says, she says, you have brought this guy here to mock us notice. She didn't notice. She didn't say that he raped me. She said he mocked us because he said, I cannot commit this sin against God. He called her behavior, a sin. This is typical Egyptian culture. Okay. This is what, this is how they would roll, right? So when God comes in the Bible in Leviticus, and says, "Don't do these sexual behaviors." Right? Here's something that we fail to realize. Listen to this. Listen to this. If you will diligently, I mean, I mean Exodus. If you will diligently, dilige, Exodus fifteen twenty six. If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments, keep all His statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have placed upon the Egyptians. Now, if I'm monogamous with my wife, what's the possibility of me getting syphilis? If I'm monogamous with my wife, am I going to get herpes, human papilloma, whatever that word is, I can't say it. Am I going to have gonorrhea? What's the likelihood of me getting AIDS, genital warts? There's no likelihood because i'm not doing the things of the egyptians no judgment no judgment for me no judgment for me at all but when i do egyptian behaviors i get egyptian consequences i get the consequence now they framed it as god put the disease on them okay well we we can take that framing out and just say if you sleep around, you're going to get sick. Here's here's this again, here's a scientific explanation for, for, um, for, um, for ladies. Okay. And again, I'm not trying to be crass or disrespectful. Okay. Um, the, the, a woman's vagina has a pH that is designed to balance out the sperm, Of her partner's ph they are at opposite ends of the ph spectrum and the woman's is designed to balance out to meet the sperm of the man so that the man's sperm does not die so she's designed to accommodate the ph of his sperm okay so that his sperm does not die anything else that enters the vagina bacteria whatever is supposed to be killed it is supposed to have a ph that kills everything off Okay. If I'm a woman sleeping around with a variety of people, no disrespect to anybody, I'm not passing judgment. My pH is imbalanced to the variety of different people that I'm with. What's the possibility of me getting an infection? Just science. Forget divine punishment. Science. If your pH is It's not doing its natural job to kill because there's too many variables allowed to enter the space. But again, the Bible doesn't tell us all of the why it just says don't do it. Just don't do these Egyptian behaviors and you won't have Egyptian consequences. And so, again, the the idea that of what God created is from this is your best life. This is the safest, most stable, most emotionally, physiologically and physically secure. Way for you to express this and this expression when done within these confines is a direct glorification of me. According to F. and Home, page 91, paragraph three and four, the writer says that in the moment of intimacy, to God will the heart's devotion ascend. So the writer equates marital intimacy with an act of worship. This is, this is really something very precious. It's really something very precious, something very valuable that we have as, as a culture, as a human culture, we have degraded it. And I'm not demeaning anybody. It has become an addiction for many of us, it has, and I'm not mad and yet, and yet somehow in God's mystery of, 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 of his divine love, he manages to restore people, Mm. he restores people. He restores the marriage. He restores, he can restore the health. Mm-hmm. Um, he can restore the newness in some, in some people he, he can, God can he, healing is all possible emotion. The word, listen, healing and salvation in the new Testament are the same word. Mm. Same word. So all this trauma-informed, emotional-informed, you know, get counseling. This is God trying to bring us into a saving, healed relationship with him, with ourselves, and with other people. And many of us have been sexually broken, and we don't know it. And God wants to heal us. So I'm going to shut up because Shane is is chomping at the bit. I'm going to shut up. (laughs) well
0: and what i I think you were transitioning into a question that kind of ties into that so i'm going to give you two questions at the same time that i think are kind of linked someone asked can i be a born again virgin and then we also want to kind of ask well then our soul tie is real
2: okay thank you for both um can you so let's okay so Am I going to say can't that you can't? No, I'm not going to say that you can't because with God, all things are possible. Right. For ladies, I believe it's called the hymen. Correct me if, my, if I'm wrong, ladies, please. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or act like I know the, the woman's anatomy. I'm not an expert on that. I'm not trying to say that, but that thing has been broken. So I'm uncertain as to how God or not, I, I don't. I've never heard of God putting that back in place. Right. I've never heard of that. However, what I can say is that I know many, many women who coming to God have said, listen, this belongs to you and nobody else can have it until you say so. Right. And you bring them to me. And so what happens is that the security and the newness and, 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 the assurance of acceptance, those things are all there. And you are allowed to, to begin again emotionally, You're and you're still exploring your partner, et cetera. You still have these experiences, absolutely, because being a virgin is not only physical, it is mental and emotional, okay? However, you come to the relationship wholly, and so what happens between you and your spouse is now, you know, the experimentation, the, uh, the exploration of each other under the sanction of God. And holiness in my estimation, cause there are some virgins that are real stank, <laughs> holiness is better than virginity to me, just cause you are a virgin don't make you holy. Let's let's, let's stop that line.
1: Male or female. Stop
2: that lie. don't, it don't matter. It don't matter. Mm -hmm. So to your Mm -hmm. next question on the issue of soul ties. Okay, let's let's talk about. So here we go. We have to be so is there a thing called a soul tie? Simple answer? Yes. Now, the question is, Jason, what do you mean? What is so the question you have to answer ask after that is what is the human soul? That is the question. The human soul is the thing okay the human soul biblically is the combination of body and spirit those two together give the human soul so the human soul is the mind will and emotions that is the soul okay that's the soul now within that thing what is the the body has feelings and adventists don't even like talking about the human spirit and i don't want to get into a deep theological conversation about that at all but the spirit is the life spark that thing that connects us to other people and to god that's what that is i'll leave that there but it 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 feeds the rest of the body the soul is this is as the mind will and emotions what happens right when i become um sexually addicted to someone My mind is wired for them. Okay. My mind is wired for them. My body's physiology, the feelings, the sensations are wired toward them to respond to them. And my emotions, because sexuality, whether we like it or not, it brings about emotions. It does. You can act like it doesn't, but it does. Right. My emotions are to this person or people. Right. And so this is what happens. The mind tells me it remembers what I have experienced. My emotions and feelings tell me what I am experiencing. And all of that is informing the will. And through habituated actions, the will becomes strong in one area and weak in another so that when you get married, it's hard for your mind to not remember the last few people you were with for your body, not to crave them and for your emotions, not to miss them. Okay. That makes, that makes things very hard for the will. It makes things very hard for the will now. Is it possible again? Is it possible? Is it possible? Yes. Can can those type of connections be broken? Yes, they are mental. They are physiological and they are emotional. Can they be broken? Yes, because they were built. They were built. They were built by habituated behaviors. So they can be broken by faithful new behaviors. This, this is just, I'm just talking science when you accept, when I accept that Jesus loves me as I am, when I accept that he has accepted me as I am, when I accept that he is with me as I am, and I want to please him. I will now begin to in faith alongside of him, follow his values and guidance and structure my life systemically and systematically in such a way that I will build new habits. I will create new mental pathways. The old might still be there, but I'm creating something new. And in creating something new, I strengthen the will. And the soul tie lessens. The less I do a behavior, the, the smaller the neurological pathway. The less I do a behavior, the smaller the neurological pathway. Okay. And I walk away from negative things by engaging in positive things. This is not me, this is the Bible. This is the Bible. Whatsoever things are pure or holy, blah, blah, blah. If there's any virtue or anything praiseworthy, think about that. That's that's not me, that's, that's the Bible. So the Bible agrees with modern science that thoughts behaviors and words can be changed. We can be changed. And Paul says, he says, I die daily. I, I discipline my body is what he says. So that, so again, faith is not without effort. In fact, in fact, here's here's the truth. Any faith that has no effort at all is not faith. It's not faith. Anything, anything, if anyone says they have faith, that's not me, that's James. Show me your faith without your effort and I'll show you my faith by my effort. That's James. Any faith that lacks action, that a physical, tangible commitment of resources Time, energy. If you don't have that, you don't have faith. You have intellectual belief. You have hope. You have wish. You have dream. You don't have faith. Any faith that takes place in a secure, safe, stable, resourced environment is not faith. It's trust. Faith always takes place in an unstable less than resourced less than secure less than optimal environment for it to be faith
1: wow
0: so that's that definitely goes along with the the faith without works is dead um, um framework so that makes a lot of sense so thank you for knocking out two of those um at the same time. So I was listening to a podcast yesterday and there's a question on here that kind of goes along with it, actually. Um, So how can a person make waiting a reality for themselves and their current or future relationships in a world and a society where it is normal um, to engage in premarital sex? So there was a podcast I listened to yesterday and um, the girl wrote in She, I believe was 21 when she lost her virginity. She said, um, she didn't have a good experience with that relationship. And since then she hasn't, um, engaged in premarital sex, but now she's aged, I think 32 and still hasn't really found someone. And part of the reason is that whenever she is considering dating someone, Um, Even initially, if they say like, you know, they're good with her stance on not having premarital sex, I think the guys see it as like a challenge in a sense of like, yeah, you know, that's cool. But then eventually they begin to question, try to wear her down. And then she's just like, you know, now she's from in the state of, okay I don't know if I'm waiting for marriage anymore because I don't know if that's actually realistic in today's time. I'm just going to be more careful on you know, being with one person and only giving it up when I feel like this is the right person. But what do we say to people that are trying to this route of, you know, being in relationship, getting to know people and everything, but really um, the options out there, even in the Christian world, are everyone, it feels like so many people are having premarital sex. So what do you say um, to people that are trying to to date differently?
2: So. um, So thank you for that question and to the to the to the person that asked it. Um, So firstly, let me just acknowledge that that is hard. That's hard and that's a sucky position. Um, Secondly, Let's. Let's ask a question for those of us that happen to be older. OK. Um, because once in my estimation. What once you get to a certain age, you really got to be about business. Like once you get to a certain age, you know, you really got to be, you know, if am I serious about this marriage thing or not? OK. Um, once you get, you know, when I met my wife, I knew I, I was like, OK, I'm done. I, you can have my card. I'm finished. You know, that that's it. Right. This is going to work. We're going to ride or die. We're going to the highs and lows, everything. I'm done. That That's it. Right. There There is something that I find that it seems to be a phenomena. Um, and that is that as I'm getting older, I'm still wanting to go through the long cycle of dating, why? If I know I want to get married and this person wants to marry me, and we're having honest conversation about how we're doing and what we want, et cetera, at some point you've got to be a pragmatist. Do you understand what I'm saying? At some point I have to be a pragmatist. Okay, I'm going to marry this woman and this is what it's going to be. I'm being pragmatic. It's not that I'm not being romantic, but I'm being a little bit more pragmatic. Do you understand what I'm you understand what I'm saying? So if I'm if my name is Jason and I happen to be, you know, uh, you know, 35-40, right? What am I waiting am I waiting for somebody to just, you know, for for to wow me and knock me off my feet and, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to we going to do this thing for like 2 to 3 years? Do you understand what I'm saying? So there, there has to be an honest conversation among those of us that happen to be older in the dating world. Like, what are we doing? Does this person follow, have the values that I like? Have we had the serious conversations, the real honest conversations? Do I, have I developed trust with this individual, right? Do, do they honor and follow God, et cetera, et cetera. If I, if my stuff is lining up, why am I waiting three and four years? at a later stage. What is the point? There is no point. You're, 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 you're playing a romance game of a 20 year old, I'm not being ju- judgmental. But when when I'm 20, I might be able to do that shenanigans If I'm 40, I'm about business. What are we doing? Like I don't, I don't have time to play. You know, right now? No, we're not we're going to date for this long. If this ain't going nowhere, we're done. I'm not going to have sex with you until we get married. So let's put a time limit on this. Like you have to have real conversations. And I fear that we're not really being honest about our intentions, the older that we get. And I think that really leads people the wrong way. So there's no talk about time limits. There's no talk. There's no real talk about expectations. How long are we dating? What is the goal? We're not having a values based conversation we're have we're being romantic but i'm 40 i got the rest of my life to be romantic i don't have time to play if i want to have a kid you you understand what i'm saying i'm not trying to be disrespectful i'm not trying to be i'm i'm just be, you, for those of us that have to be a little a bit. this is say
1: space for you too it's a safe space
2: you, but you understand we got we got to be real honest mm-hmm. we got to be honest and stop playing games with ourselves mm-hmm. We playing games with ourselves and other people well until the lord shows me no the lord don't need to walk somebody up to you like eve did to adam that ain't that don't need to happen that don't need to happen you know it don't need to happen what are your values what are their values where are you going i see my sister she said it's hard to meet like-minded people i agree with you sis it is especially in this world right now it's hard it's hard and I, and 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 that's why I, I, I believe, now this is me being personal. I personally believe that the conversation has to be a little bit more direct, the older that I get. Because the older that I get, I have more behind me than I do in front of me. I don't have time for the cutesy cutes. You mm. know, am I go- are we gonna, are we, I'm interested in marriage. Are you interested in marriage? No? All right, it's been fun. I'm on the move. I'm trying to build a house. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to produce. I'd like to have a son, a child, whatever, a daughter, we got to go. I don't have time for that. I'm not interested in wasting your time or mine. There has to be some, some real pragmatic clarity, real pragmatic clarity. That is now. this is my, this is me. That is what I would say to 40 year old Jason. If he was having this conversation with 49 year old Jason, like buddy, what are you doing? like what you waiting for say what's what's real and keep it moving are you attracted to them do they love the lord do you all share the same values how's your communication have you talked about sex what's their credit score you understand what i'm saying like have the con- are you healthy are you physically healthy do you have a sickness i need to know about you got any extra kids all right let's 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 figure this out you know let's 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 date for a little bit i think i'm going to marry you by december what do you think I mean there comes a point where you got to be pragmatic because I could because other than that you're gonna waste somebody's time you're gonna waste these ladies time and, and, and it's I, not fair.
0: and I know that they're again this is not against anything but I would hate to have the situations that go on where there's relationships for multiple years and then it ends up nowhere because of the lack of conversations about these important topics, you know, and and there's a lot of talk about red flags and yellow flags, and we got to really start taking those seriously, you know, when we see them. But even being proactive and before even the flags start appearing, hey, let's not wait for flags. Let's talk about some things up front so that we know if this is a yes to continue or you know what? it doesn't even have to be bad blood. You know, it doesn't have to be a thing of like, well, let's wait for something to ba- um, bad to happen. And then we have like, you know, a bad reputation of a name with someone else. Like, no, you know what? It's cool. We have different values. This is just not going to work for us. And we keep moving our separate ways. Um, but like you said, it is important to kind of know what you need. Mm-hmm. Because then if you know what you need, then when you see what is not lining up in front of you, you know, that must not be it. Or if it is, it is not at at this time. And at some point, you know, it might be a thing where this person comes back around or whatever it is, you know, we don't know always how God works in those type of situations. But you have to be really strong and know what your values are. And that's really what
2: what comes down
0: to it in that space.
2: There was a minister that is very popular that shall remain nameless. And this brother dated this lady. Shay, he was on TV. This is a popular minister. Dated this lady for like 40 years.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would
2: never marry this chick. I know. 40 years. Wasted her whole life. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. She's with him after every whatever. I don't know. I don't know their story or what they were like, but after 40 years of whatever they were. She's still waiting on this dude. Uh to to come on. Yeah. Like, come on. What do we do? But you yeah, George, George said he thinks they got married, but 40 years? Dog. Come on. And we got a, a lot of sisters in the church right now waiting on this Negro. 50 plus Negro still running the streets. Running through the church, whatever that is, playing games. Why? Don't know. You are more valuable than waiting on this person who is being dishonest. Mm -hmm. You are more valuable. You are more valuable. Mm -hmm. Don't chase. don't know. Live your life.
1: And and fellas, fellas, you friend zoned. You've been friend zoned. You' are gonna be in the friend zone. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go, brother. Let it go. You you've been you've been bestie for twenty years. You you've been bestie since high school. You're forty now. It's time. It's time to move on. Uh, so uh, uh, I think on both ends of the spectrum, uh, what Ooh, what uh, what, hi what hi. are we doing? T- time is time yes. is ticking.
0: Time is ticking.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: All right, so we've, okay. we've had a really, you were gonna say something, Pastor work? No, okay. All right, so <laughs> we're gonna start wrapping this thing up because the, the time is late. Uh, we've had a productive conversation, but we wanna do a couple of things before we go. One, we're gonna have a prayer for sure. And um, Pastor work, I'm gonna ask you, to, to pray for us. But before we do that, I want to leave some questions based off of tonight or uh, even our past conversations with the audience. And then lastly, I want to also encourage y'all use the QR code, go to the link tree L I N K T R slash M. C S Y F E D. That's where you can put your questions, your comments. Remember, we have one more show next Friday. We're going to be talking. We're going to pick up where we left off. Continue this conversation. We're going to have even more panelists as part of this. So, and women
1: on. We'll have some. We have some women. Two women on. You know. So we want to make sure you all know that we have taken that into consideration. Um, and so, so they definitely be sitting at the table on next week
0: absolutely absolutely so you don't want to miss it but make sure you submit your questions but there's also a place for prayer requests and we're already getting some prayer requests coming in so thank you so much for sending them uh continue to send those prayer requests tonight and throughout the week and we'll pray over them as well but a couple of reminders from this topic never fight alone together is better however who you fight with does matter all right so Community is so important, especially when it comes to um, struggles in life, Uh, but you wanna make sure that you're finding a safe community, but you cannot fight this alone. So of course, definitely praying is important, trusting God's important, but sometimes you're gonna need to trust someone else with this as well. So find a community, find a person that you can trust and build that accountability. Um, Also consider what's most important to you. So we kind of ended with that just now, Think about your values. And in the link tree, we did post a list of values from Brene Brown. You can go through, pick your top five values. Uh, That's something that Dr. O'Rourke suggested uh, to me as well. Go through that values list and kind of identify what's most important and then see if the things in your life are heading and getting you to those places where you find valuable. So think of your values and then think about the things in life and making sure that there's alignment um there because if you master your values you very well might master your life as well of course with the help of god um but again we want to remind you of the next show we have some panelists we put our sponsors on the screen as well um but at this time dr o'rourke will you pray for us there's some people that have talked about um requests for um Praying for sexual struggles, um, whether it's within their relationships. Um, someone's asking for prayer for a godly spouse. Um, someone's asking for discernment. So can you ask, uh, can you pray over all of us tonight that are watching and also those prayer requests?
2: Lord, you knew yes. I come here, to to Put it down. Put it down. And come over and here. Still you <coughs> said come on. Get up here. Oh you gonna pray with Daddy? All right, let's pray four chance please. Four hands. Loving God in heaven, we want to thank you for the privilege of this conversation. God, we live in an overly sexualized culture that seeks to addict us to a less than situation, context, and habit to addict us to isolation to insecurity to 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 thingifying other people God there are people on here that want actually a godly marriage they some of us struggle with these addictions God we believe and we accept that the deliverance that you have for us is even right now on the tip of our lips if we would just claim it Father, for my friends tonight, God, give them the assurance of your acceptance, the assurance of your deliverance, and give them peace tonight. And when they wake up in the morning, God, make them restless as they look for the plan to structure their faith system by which they will begin to follow you as you lead them in their life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you all again. My mic is muted out. Thank you, Pastor Dr. O'Rourke. Thank you, Pastor Shea. Thank you for everyone watching. We were almost at 100 viewers, and I know there's some watch parties as well. So thank you to AYP with the watch party. Thank you, South Florida Federation and Mount Zion and all the others that have supported. We'll see y'all next Friday. Have a happy Sabbath.